0: Welcome to the MarTech
1: Podcast. Today we're gonna discuss the past, current, and future of marketing. Joining us is Trisha Gelman, who is the CMO of Drift, which is a conversational marketing platform that combines chat, email, video, and automation to remove the friction from business buying by starting conversations with customers now on their terms, not in later days. There are over 50,000 businesses that use Drift today to generate more revenue, shrink sales cycles, and make buying easier. Yesterday, Trisha and I started off our conversation talking about the first of the three eras of digital marketing, the pre-digital era, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about the rise of the internet age. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Trisha Gelman, CMO of Drift. Trisha, welcome back to the Martech Podcast.
2: Thanks. I think this is going to be a really interesting topic because it's where I've grown my career.
1: I'm excited to chat with you too. Yesterday, we talked about the pre-digital era. Truthfully, I was alive for the pre-digital era. I saw a lot of the marketing and advertising, but I wasn't a marketer at the time. Now we get to talk about the internet age, which is moving past the madmen era of cocktails, advertising agencies, thinking about who the customer was, and focusing primarily on print, out-of-home, and television advertising. Let's throw radio in there as well. The internet comes along. How does that change everything for marketers?
2: I think at first, nobody really had any idea. And of course, people thought it is going to be here for a while, but they thought it was mostly just email. And then we saw the growth of Google. We saw SEM, paid AdWords, Facebook, Facebook becoming a major ad platform with lots of targeting. We saw LinkedIn, we saw Twitter, everybody started to get in the game and it just started to get more and more and more specific. But I think on top of being able to have these ad platforms, the key was the rise of the ability to track what was happening in these ad platforms back into the systems, whether you were using a marketing automation system or a CRM, like really having this, what I would call true direct response really changed the game for marketing.
1: It's funny. I think we look back now when we think of, well, the internet launched and it was dropped on us like a bomb. And all of a sudden we were able to track everything. And in reality, that wasn't true. I had an Apple IIgs at home at first. I think we got our second computer. I don't remember which one it was. And we had some AOL access. You know, we were being marketed to, but not every brand had a website. Not every brand knew why they needed a website. People weren't thinking about marketing on their computer. They were still sort of making the transition. When the early stage, that first decade, late 80s, early 90s, when the internet really started to be a thing, how did it change marketing and how prominent was it?
2: You know, one of the things that's consistent through these errors is that marketing is trying to help grow a business. And the way that the business is really transacting is also been changing throughout all of these errors. But really it's about how do you connect emotionally and how do you connect like really physically so people acquire things through marketing and then through selling. And I think what happened in the digital era is that we started to recreate the way that we were selling and marketing in a new way. But we were taking the old models at first and just trying to push them through the new channels. And it wasn't until people started to see and the platform started to evolve into the targeting that we talked in the last episode, into the ability to like measure down to an individual keyword versus like, here's all my Google advertising, et cetera, that we really started to see a change. And that was really, you know, late 90s where that happened.
1: Yeah. I think that there's really three sub-eras within the internet age. There was the, let's call it internet point one. The AOL walled garden.
2: Mostly email then, you know.
1: Right. It was email. So there was maybe some ways to communicate with your customers and send out bad messages. But you had to have a relationship with them. Not everybody had an email address. Mm -hmm. So it's really tough to have a placement in a walled garden unless you're doing business development with the owner of that technology. So AOL was obviously very important. We saw Yahoo come to prominence, and they were kind of a hybrid between that one to the, let's call it internet 1.0, where there's more open access, more people have digital assets, more people have websites, brands are starting to focus on trying to figure out how to market on the internet. And then we get into the 2.0. All right, every brand has a website and now there's user generated content and it's easier to spread information, more sort of mass adoption. So through those three phases, what changed for marketers and was there a shift in their mindset of how to prioritize internet marketing as opposed to out of home or some of the classic marketing channels?
2: In the beginning of the internet era, we didn't have that broad adoption, you're saying. But once we got to like more mass adoption, I think it started to create a lot of pressure for marketers. People had gotten used to putting their money into TV advertising. People had gotten used to doing billboards and what we still call it today out of home. And then all of a sudden, like the time period you would have to wait to see the results of those kinds of executions was very long. When you put up an ad in google or like yahoo search or whatever it might be like you could see the response instantly
1: shout out Alta Vista.
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think people got addicted to it and so all of a sudden you saw people exiting these traditional old ways of doing marketing to 100 percent just going all in on digital and there was this idea that well you can target a group of people You can see instantly what they're doing. You can figure out which messages are working. And so like, this is just a science now and it's all about the numbers and it's all about just going after the groups. And I think a lot of people got lost sort of in the middle of the forest, chasing after these micro groups and not realizing that the brand itself is still really important to bring everything together and to set the stage for who you are as a company.
1: A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know The thing that sticks out to me is the ability to reach anyone, at least nationally, if not internationally, was a new phenomenon. Maybe if you were a big, big brand advertiser, you're running a national TV spot. If you're a Coke, Pepsi, you know, Apple, you're buying a Super Bowl ad or you're running on ABC, NBC, CBS. But most marketers were buying locally or individual cable channels that didn't have really national reach. And now with the internet, you could be a little bit more targeted. So on the flip side, internet marketing feels like it was a channel as opposed to just the way of doing marketing. When did that shift? It seems like, you know, Google and Facebook are the Primary advertising vehicles in the digital space now? Was it the rise of those two channels or did we move to digital marketing being the primary way of advertising before that?
2: I put a lot of credence behind Google and Facebook and then even a little bit on Twitter because they really pioneered this idea of being able to target and to become really like micro targeters. I think one of the things that happened with, you just mentioned it, like the major national advertisers, there's a huge barrier to entry to be in a national advertising campaign and for your brand to be known across the country, across the globe back in that first era that we spoke about. But now if your brand and the access to you is defined by a website, anyone, whether you're one person in your garage or you're Coca-Cola can have a website. And so, you know, it's a very big leveling playing field. And then on top of that, we had the ability with Google and Facebook and everyone else to target. So you could say, well, I only want to spend $1,000 a week instead of $100,000 a week or whatever your threshold might be. But to the person seeing the ad, they don't know how much you're spending.
1: Back in the early days of Twitter advertising specifically, I remember I was running strumschool.com, which was my first startup uh, guitar lesson marketplace to connect students and teachers for live guitar lessons. And I had a $500 a month budget that I had set aside for marketing. And I was going to run a test on Twitter. So I put my budget as $500. And I wanted to target anybody who used the words how to and guitar with a Twitter ad. And I published the ad. And 45 seconds later, my $500 was gone. Turns out that ad didn't convert very well. So I basically just burned $500 in my living room. It was a dangerous era is the moral of my story for marketers because we didn't really know how internet marketing worked, but the world was a, all of a sudden, much smaller place. We had access to more people. So how did that affect marketers and how did marketers' roles change in the internet era?
2: I really think that before we're having sort of a broad conversation and we're trying to capture the largest volume of people toward our brand and toward what it is that we're trying to sell and do. And then as the internet era grew, I think we got to a place where we could do more targeting. And we saw a lot of like long tail brand creation. A lot of companies started up. A lot of companies had a niche. You're able to actually build that product that maybe in the past you were selling like door to door like literally physically, like going and shaking hands.
1: First job out of college, (laughs) selling AT&T phone service to try to get Verizon customers to switch over, it wasn't pretty.
2: Yeah, but I think you know now it was easier to do those kinds of things. And so you could have a successful company with a limited budget. Maybe you still had to question like, how are you gonna use that budget and what return are you gonna get? But you could see it instantly. You said like the budget went away in a day and you could see there were no conversions in a day. I mean, that just didn't happen before. And so that's where people really, as marketers, you started to say, okay, I need to pay attention to this. I need to figure out who my audience is. I need to figure out how I am segmenting my messaging. And I need to make sure that this is a part of what I'm doing. In the beginning, I think we thought it's the new way. Like we need to abandon the old way.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because we talked about yesterday how the primary function of marketing was understanding the customer and doing research. And in the internet era, that changed. A, it was less about customer research and more trial and error because everything was new, and B, not only did the role of marketing change, what a marketer does change, and also what were the good marketing jobs probably changed pretty dramatically too. It was the Procter & Gamble, Clorox, CPG, brand management type roles were the pinnacle for marketers, or at least the proving ground for marketers until they became executives. And then all of a sudden, the hot jobs were the startup jobs, right? Talk to me about what life was like and how it changed for marketers as the internet came on board.
2: There's so many more companies now, and I think that there's just a lot more roles for marketers originally the brand and building the brand and doing the testing and like actually what packaging and things like that more physical good kinds of things was a role of marketing now it became a lot of science there's a lot of people looking at the numbers a lot of people looking at digital properties there's a bunch of eye tracking and there's so many different like subcomponents to marketing and then i think as Marketing has evolved in this internet slash digital era. We've started to see that you do have to have your brand, you do have to have your billboards and radio and those things, as well as the art and the science. And so we have product marketing roles, we have marketing operations roles. Like there's just been a big proliferation of the various roles in marketing to bring together the science, the art, the technology. I mean, this era also created a ton of tools. Like there's over 8,000 MarTech tools that exist.
1: Thank you to Scott Brinker for documenting all of them. There's obviously more companies. There are more ways to be involved in marketing. There are more people that are involved in marketing and there are different skills that we're using. The creatives and the brand marketers are there. Marketing went from being a psychology-driven practice to more of a data and technology-centric practice. What was lost as we moved in the internet era from what we were doing before that was successful, and what do you think was gained?
2: I think one of the things that was lost is this art of conversation. So in the digital era, What happened is people had their websites, but you didn't have a way to have a true conversation. Like reading through a page was thought to be the conversation. But if you really wanted to learn about a product, you wanted to learn about a brand, a lot of times it ended up in a form. So people would fill out the form and they would know like, okay, I'm giving over my information to this company and now I'm going to wait. I don't have an answer right away. It's kind of a crappy experience And prior to that, it maybe was crappy for you as you were going door-to-door selling, but I mean, people were getting their answers. You're standing there right there having a live conversation.
1: Yeah, I think the expectations for the customers obviously changed a lot. I mentioned that the world became a smaller place, the world became a smaller place, which also quickened the pace of marketing. Instead of saying, I'm gonna run an out-of-home office, I'm gonna run an out-of-home ad for three months and I'm gonna spend three months evaluating whether it generated buzz, now all of a sudden we're putting up Google and Facebook ads, we're spending our budget immediately, and we're not looking at what the impact was on the consumer psychology. We're more looking at, well, was I able to drive traffic? Is it driving a conversion? And now we're getting to a different inflection point in the internet era. We're moving beyond just, I have the ability to market digitally, and we're dealing with the fact that there is so much competition and that the pace of change is happening so quickly. So the role of marketing has changed. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in tomorrow's episode. So that wraps up this episode of the Martech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Trisha Gelman, CMO of Drift. In the third part of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Trisha and I are going to talk about the third era of marketing: today's era, the revenue era. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Trisha, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is Trisha Gelman, T R I C I A G E L L M A N. Or you could visit her company's website, which is drift.com, D R I F T.com. And you can also find Trisha's podcast CMO Conversations by going to drift.com slash insider slash podcasts. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. -J Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P.